I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Scoopy Radio. Oh just like uh, just like the Isley brothers said, here we go again, round four with Cavaliers and Warriors NBA Finals. Chris Schneider here with you on Press Row, broadcast as part of the Public House Media Network. Big thanks to all of you who have uh, been supporting us here now as this actually marks our one-year anniversary, and it's almost poetic that we get to bring in our first-ever guest uh, on Press Row back once again on the one-year anniversary of the show beginning Brandon Robson, Scoop B Radio, joins us here. Uh, Brandon, uh, again, I got to thank you for a year ago and helping get this thing running and for being so gracious with your time over the last 12 months and helping making this thing grow. Well, first and foremost, uh, first things first, as Biggie Smalls would say, um, congratulations. Uh, 52 episodes, consistency, um, hard work, preparation. Uh, that's dope. Congratulations on one year, man. Thank you, my friend. And, um, Real quick, before we get into the NBA Finals, mentioned it in the first segment of the show, probably the weirdest story that we've seen, and it's hard to do that considering the social media age that we are in, but Brian Colangelo, the report from The Ringer, um, potentially at least, and none of this has been confirmed, is just very odd and weird coincidental with these five Twitter accounts um, that have supposedly been linked to him. What do you make of, of all the news coming out of Philadelphia? Um, it's funny you mentioned that I was actually texting with an NBA player. Uh, I won't say his name before we spoke, and he asked me what I thought about it, and I told him that I believe um, that this is um, – you saw it on the player side. You saw it on the talent side with KD. Um, it's kind of cool to see an executive kind of go through that too because I feel like a lot of times people put pressure on players and people criticize players for what they do. Um, similarly to how players – you know, you, you look at it like this. You look at players who make decisions on their legacy and where they want to play next, whether they take less, less money uh, through free agency, and you can credit Kirk Flood on, in baseball for uh, the deciding your fate. But, you know, the, the executives um, are not players, you know, and so you have to create jobs uh, for players to, uh, or, or rather for executives to make money and to, um, and, and to, to keep their family, you know, fed and, and supported. So, 
you know, there's a lot of things that executives do um, that, that be, they can be hide behind a tie or a suit and, um, you, you know, can, can do those things. But when you're a player and, you, and you're a brand, you're, 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 you're looked up to by, by millions and millions of people, um, the pressure is more on them. So that being said, if Mr. Colangelo is guilty, you know, I think that he should be held to a standard. And I'll tell you why. Uh, you look at a guy like Jalil Okafor, talented player coming out of high school, a guy uh, who played well at Duke, and his damaged goods because his head is messed up. You know, right. yeah, I, I felt that when the Sixers um, were going through their rebranding phase, when they won like what twenty games, and 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 they, you know, they, they were people, they had kind of had their nose up. I tell people, you know, they steamed their 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 broccoli so much it stunk, so they had their nose up in the air, and you know, they just outcasted your little local for. And so, you know, Colangelo didn't necessarily uh, draft him and he was Sam Hinkie's guy, but you ruin his money and you ruin his stocks, you know, and what goes up must come down. What don't come out in the wash that comes out in the rinse. And, you know, I, I told this particular player I spoke to, I said, you know, this is the executive version of essentially um, what the, the Golden State Warriors did DeMar Jackson, which I wrote about in my column at basketballsocietyonline.com. You can check it out. But, you know, Mark Jackson, because of, you know, maybe a couple missteps or or, or arguments with ownership, um, they've they blackballed him in the NBA uh, and, and spoken to many people about it through various things. And I, I feel like, you know, 2018 is a year of truth. And I feel like, you know, you're seeing certain people doing some things that weren't right with players and, 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 and coaches and more. And it's coming to the forefront and, you know, don't want to monopolize the time because there's more important things to talk about, like the NBA finals rather than burner accounts. But I'm a little ticked um, that, you know, people's names and their reputations and their money is being tampered with. Well, and considering that he's going after not only Okafor, but he's, he went after Nerlens Noel. He even went after Joel Embiid this season, at least these Twitter accounts did. Um, if this is something, if this is Brian Colangelo, is this something that should cost him his job? Yes. You know why? Because there was information that was leaked um, that only insiders knew, like the sales physical with Okafor. Um, and just, you know, when you talk about New Orleans and well, people that I speak with, uh, they've said that just the Sixers um, <clears throat> and their search to become this elite team, you know, kind of just walked all over him, you know, and, and kind of mm, didn't treat him like he was one of the other, the, the better kids, if you will. And, you know, I've always questioned some of the Sixers moves, even going back to, I feel like the Michael Carter-Williams trade, while you got better and you got draft picks and more, I feel like that damaged him. And of course, that was a Sam Hinkie move. Um, but the Sixers, to me, um, in hiring Colangelo, um, it, it was nepotism at his finest because he's the son of, you know, Jerry Colangelo. And, Jerry, right. and people buy off of that last name, but... You know, Jerry Colangelo has been in the league for a long time, and Jerry Colangelo, um, you know, put together the Redeem team. And, you know, Jerry Colangelo was there when, you know, the Phoenix Suns and, 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 and Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson made a run. But, you know, his son, you know, had a successful run uh, somewhat with the Toronto Raptors and, of course, was replaced. But, you know, if this is true, I mean, I, I was seeing some reports that, you know, obviously you can verify people's Twitter accounts by – their phone numbers and someone saying the last two digits was seven, five. And that was, you know, Colangelo's last two digits. And, you know, they're trying to figure out what's what, but um, again, Kevin Durant <laughs> saw, or rather 
uh, brought to the forefront that you know people are using burner Twitter right. accounts and but this is just vile and 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 just um, tampering with people's names and their brands and it it, it brings it to the forefront also because of everything that it has gone on with the presidential election in 2016 um, with president you now current U.S. president Donald Trump and and Hillary Clinton who was you know running on the Democratic ticket but you know, just fake news, Russia, digital stuff. And, you know, people just have no tolerance for it because they realize that this is a thing. Um, and NBA Twitter became a hashtag last night. Uh, it's always been a hashtag, but it, it, it get a little bit more personal because, you know, you were dealing with people's medical issues, their personal lives, their livelihood. And uh, Colangelo's quiet and you know, I hope just like in the case with Morgan Freeman, where there were some accusations made about him, he right. took a day and then he released a statement about it, and then it got quiet. Roseanne kind of helped him with with what's going under the <laughs> under the tunnel, but yeah. you know, I, I think that you know this with Jerry, excuse me, with Brian Colangelo, um, this is something that is going to make the NBA look at a lot of things digitally because the NBA has always been innovative in being ahead of the curve, uh, both social justice wise, bullying social media and more and it's going to be interesting it, it just felt really petty to me if, if this comes out to be brian colangelo it, it seems way too petty for the president of an nba franchise uh especially one that was a, a great story here this year speaking with brandon robinson scoop b radio uh the nba of course can't wait for the game to actually tip off uh here tonight game one uh cavaliers warriors year four in a row brandon that we're here is this, I mean, just like we drew it up, right? Back in the summer, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and, and, and the super team in Golden State, they were going to re, re-up once again, but it, LeBron now with a huge trade deadline and a bunch of guys uh, randomly put together on this roster, just like we drew it up, right? Yeah, man, a lot has changed since uh, we spoke a year ago. Kyrie Irving is a member of the Boston Celtics and may potentially be trade bait in the offseason. Isaiah Thomas has came and left, as, as had... Um, Derrick Rose and, and Dwayne Wade. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, those guys finally got the reunion they wanted uh, that was supposed to be in Chicago back in 2010, uh, but they were a lot older. And LeBron James is still as dominant, if not more dominant. Uh, a, a different scenario, uh, LeBron had to scrunk, had to, had to, excuse me, claw, scratch, climb, jump. Um, it's like Super Mario Brothers 1. He did everything. He just didn't have a mushroom. Uh, but I think that this 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 matchup is special. Um, and, you know, news coming out uh, as early as Wednesday morning that uh, Andre Iguodala uh, will miss game one for the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, as much as we talk about LeBron, LeBron's dominant, um, both teams uh, have endured game sevens. I do think that the Cavaliers' leap was a lot um, longer a jump. Uh, so you may need to feather the fly like Super Mario Brothers 2 and Super Nintendo for LeBron, but at the same time, it's going to be a matchup, man. It's going to be a matchup. Is this good for the? I mean, first time it's ever happened where I mean, last year, first time it ever happened where you had the same th- same two teams competing three years in a row. Um, and, and I was reading an article in Forbes last week where it's been over 20 million viewers each of the last two years in the NBA Finals. I know people are upset that it's a predictability aspect, but how is this bad for the NBA to have these two teams uh, competing for another title? I mean, we could have said the same thing years ago when the Celtics and the Lakers kept meeting. No, they didn't meet four times in a row, but throughout the course of their trajectory in the 70s and the 80s, they often met and rekindled that fuel or that rekindled that that matchup uh, in 2010. 
2010, or excuse me, 2008, um, when Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce led Celtics faced Kobe Bryant and the Los Angeles Lakers. But a lot has changed because we have a lot of time on our hands and we have Twitter. Uh, I think that is the equalizer. What'd you say? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. The social media aspect of it has to be one of the reasons why there's so much backlash against this. For sure. And um, I think that when when teams on their respective conferences are building their teams through free agency and more, uh, they're building them to, you know, face whatever team LeBron is on in the, in the uh, Golden State Warriors. I mean, when you walk into any high school gym, um, Def Curry and the Warriors uh, have made it acceptable uh, to be on a fast break and pull up for three and make it. Um but I think it's done within a fundamental system because when you look at the Golden State Warriors, they do play defense. Uh, the, the, the athletic uh, big that is uh, JaVale McGee uh, roams the paint, uh, but can also pull up from three. Uh, and I also think that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, uh, being second-generation ball players, uh, that are playing within a Steve Kerr system that is a Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich hybrid under head coach uh, Steve Kerr, um, but definitely uh, is an intrigue uh, to a Cavaliers team where LeBron scores most of the points, and I think the second leading scorer is Kevin Love and or Kyle Korver, uh, who have been the two most consistent uh, players uh, on the Cavaliers side uh, this season. And LeBron still found a way uh, to uh, defend the throne, uh, that is the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And what's interesting in the four years uh, that these two teams have played is the evolution. So you look at 2015. 2015, you had uh, a Cavs team who was expected to just beat the Golden State Warriors. And yep. an injury to Kyrie Irving uh, changed the whole trajectory. But you made that trading deadline deal uh, where you got Iman Shumpert, you got J.R. Smith. But those guys didn't necessarily show up. Shumpert's shot wasn't falling. You saw Tristan Thompson uh, emerge as the big that everybody thought he would be. This was pre-Kardashian, of course. Uh, and LeBron single-handedly was playing in 2015, in my opinion, how he was playing uh, in the playoffs this year. Because the Cavs didn't deserve uh, to beat the Indiana Pacers, but they found a way to win. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, I mean, hey, Christian, we probably could have beat the Toronto Raptors with LeBron. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, I think that this is a carryover. This year four is significant. This is the senior year of college. Is LeBron going and the Cavaliers, are they going to win it? You know, he beat the Boston Celtics. He and the Cavs beat the Boston Celtics without Kyrie Irving uh, and, and without Gordon Hayward. He did it without Kyrie Irving. You know, he's the alpha male that stayed. In year four, you tie up the matchup with the Warriors if you beat them in the finals. This is a monumental. Uh, NBA Finals matchup, and they got to win it. They got to win it. How, what they say in New York Lotto, you got to be in it to win it. <laughs> Ron got to be in it. How, how much does this performance in the playoffs, regardless of if he wins a title or not, this is his eighth straight trip to the finals, eighth straight. How much with this group that he's been with to go through a war in the first round against Indiana, a war against the Celtics, and to win uh, game seven on the road, how much does this does this give any help to the argument of whether or not he can be considered the greatest of all time? 
I can figure those arguments because I think every generation did it. We talked about Twitter. I'm going to directly answer your question, but I want to, I want to, I want to set up the alley before I dunk it. So last year on Scoopy Radio, uh, which you guys can subscribe to on Google Play, Twitter, App Stitch, Apple, Apple Podcasts, or visit ScoopyRadio.com, I talked to uh, Dr. J. Julius Irving, and he said to me, I asked him about just comparing errors and how, you know, people compare Michael to uh, LeBron. And, and he said to me, you know, um, when I played, I felt as though I had to live up to an expectation because people were putting me and Connie Hawkins in the same kind of category or comparison, you know, and, and, he, and he said, it's not up for the players to decide. It's not for the players to prove to the fans that, that this is what it is. You just got to go out and, and produce and compete. So to directly answer your question, I think a lot of times people put Michael Jordan on this pedestal because he won six championships and never lost. And, and I often think that people try to make the Michael and, and LeBron comparison because they're both the alpha male. But LeBron is more magic than he is uh, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron proved that to you in, in, in the conference finals when he pulled the magic out of his hat <laughs> like magic did when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was out. Yep. No, you know? I, I completely and, agree. And, and I think that more than anything, when Michael played – John Stockton and Jeff Hornacek and Carmelo couldn't check Michael. Clyde Drexler couldn't check Michael. And you play, and, and in the first finals, you had a Magic Johnson that was all on. Get ready to retire anyway. And Vladdy Divac. Vladdy Divac isn't checking Michael. Come on now. So, I mean, to be honest with you, the best competition, in my opinion, that Michael Jordan had when he played was the Seattle Supersonics with Gary Payton and, and, and uh. And Sean Kemp, and they still weren't checking Michael and Scotty and Rodman. So LeBron is playing against the Warriors, who was considered the Bulls of their era. Do you realize the significance of Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City, yeah. going to Golden State? That's like Larry Bird leaving Boston in his prime and going to the Lakers and playing with Ash. Yeah. That it's doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that, and you're right. The, the Twitter comparison, it, it you're completely right. I mean, we're we're gonna do that. We're gonna have those hot takes. As I mean, I will forever debunk anybody who tries to tell me Jordan's better than LeBron just because of six championships. Because Bill Russell went to what twelve straight finals and won eleven of them. Yep. So, <laughs> so I mean, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go championships, Bill Russell is the end all be all right then and there. Uh, speaking with Scoop B, uh, Brain Robson, Scoop B Radio here on Press Row. Uh, as we get to this actual matchup here, the Cavs open up as the biggest underdog since 2001. Where would you, how do you see this series playing out and where would you consider it from an upset standpoint if the Cavaliers do come away with another title? I think that, first of all, to answer your second question first, um, if the Cavs win this title, this is better than 2016. Okay. Because the Cavs were supposed to win in 2015. And they made up for it in 2016. If the Cavs win it this year, they did it without Kyrie Irving. They did it when David Griffin, their GM, left, and Kobe Altman came in, a fish fresh out of water, made a three-team deal with, with the Lakers, the Jazz, and sent Dwayne Wade on packing a year earlier than people most people thought he was going to come. This is special because, number one, um, in hip-hop there's a guy named – the Drama King and Hot 97 locally, the, the, there's a drop that says the Drama King is in the building. And LeBron is a Drama King. You know, don't get me wrong. 
thing in the playoff was everything that the flu game was and 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 Michael hitting the double nickel in Madison Square Garden and him switching his number back to 23 from 45. 10 to 15 years from now, we'll be talking about those stories like it was it was just yesterday. Um, and, and that being said, I think that um, the Cavs beating the Warriors um, just has so many storylines. But I think that the Cavs beating the Warriors, if that's to happen, um, solidifies um, – that LeBron James is able to adapt to anybody who um, who plays with him. And, and and to be honest with you, when he first came into the league, I said that LeBron was a magnet and could attract anybody to play with him the same way Jason Kidd could. Jason, I use this analogy all the time. Jason Kidd rolled the basketball half court to Lucius Harris for a lay-in. If that ain't a t- if that's not a a, a, a blockbuster. Um, attraction uh, to, to watch. I don't know what is. LeBron is not just a scorer. He's a team player, uh, but he got a bunch of guys um, who, you know, n- nobody else other than Kevin Love is an all-star, but at the same time, Kyle Korver coming from Philadelphia years ago, playing with Allen Iverson, playing with, you know, the Utah Jazz and Atlanta Hawks for years, uh, coming in and, and being a shooter that LeBron often needs. Uh, Jeff Green, once having heart surgery, now uh, being uh, the second uh, the second tier to LeBron in, in Game Seven the other night, uh, and and um, to be honest with you, the key for uh, the Cavs to do well um, is going to come down to uh, the point guard play. Um, George Hill um, has to score. I, I I gave this stat last week. If George Hill in, in the play, and rather in the uh, conference finals against the Boston Celtics, when George Hill scores five points or more, the Cavs win. Game seven, I believe he scored twenty, or no, it was game six he scored twenty. George Hill is everything that Darren Williams was supposed to be last year. Um, but it's going to come down to team. It's going to because when LeBron is not hot, right. man's not hot. What you going to do? <laughs> Larry Nance Jr. came up big in game six. Uh, but, you know, it, it's also going to come down to what Kevin Love does. Right. I do think um, that the Warriors' uh, absence of uh, Andre Iguodala, both on the offensive and the defensive end, is going to be very interesting because that guy is truly a glue guy, um, and he can do it in a multitude of ways. Um, I like the fact that Clay Thompson, um, in game six against the, the Houston Rockets, my man played uncomfortably comfortable, and he, and he came up big for them going to come down to really you know who wants it more and who plays the hardest i know that sounds simplistic but it's the truth who do you got then in the series well i got it wrong last year so i might as well get it right this year i still have the Cavs, Cavs in six okay i like it i like it real quick before we let you go um you joined us on a on another podcast a couple weeks ago the cheap seats here on public house media and we asked you about the future of LeBron James, and you were probably the only person I've heard of saying that the Miami Heat is an option. What, with this run to the finals and with this, the number eight pick in the draft now for the Cavaliers, is there anything Cleveland can do that keeps him over the summer short of winning a title? They got to win. I, I think, I think um, this offseason will be interesting. Um, I'm going to tell you what's going to be interesting. It's interesting that the day before – uh, the NBA Finals, that Sixers story comes out because that's going to affect free agency if they keep Colangelo, and that story is true. That being said, um, I think that uh, LeBron will make all decisions um, 
once the finals are over, if the Cavs win, he has a greater they have a greater chance of him staying. Um, but I also think um, that unfortunately, any LeBron James led team, two to three years, um, they run down, and he's got to retool. Uh, you saw it in Miami, you saw it in Cleveland the first go around, um, and you're seeing it in Cleveland now. I think that Philly is an optional is is optional um, because they have a young team. Uh, Miami is optional because they have a young team. They have the cap space. Um, and I also think uh, he's familiar with Miami. But I also do think he's familiar with the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets um, have assets um, and they have players. They came, And I think that the Eastern Conference is going to get harder with a healthy Kyrie Irving, a Terry Rozier, a Jason Tatum, and more. Um, Philadelphia, Boston are more competitive. And in the Western Conference, LeBron doesn't have to see the, the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. You'd have to see them at the conference finals at the latest. So while I think Miami is still a team you shouldn't sleep on, Houston is up there. Um, and it depends on what kind of splashes they can make in free agency or trades in the offseason for Cleveland. But it's going to come down to whether or not Cleveland wins, and then they'll take it from there. But I think LeBron's decision is also going to come based upon, uh, and people I've spoken to, based upon what Kawhi Leonard does first. Going to be another fun summer here. Brandon Robinson, Scoop B Radio. Check him out, scoopbradio.com. We appreciate the time. As always, brother, enjoy the finals. Thank you. My man, thank you for the opportunity. Scoop B Radio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.